Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halix. And we're bopping in the studio, listening to our aliens do their introduction. We yeah, love it, it still hasn't week. got old. It's I coming know. up on five years now, and we're still bopping to them on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> and I'm making alien noises as I... <laughs> I you know, I did that long before I ever put them into our stuff for the, for yeah, the show. Yeah. Anyways, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh, and we greatly appreciate... Um, their allowance that we are on their land and we look to them for guidance and have great respect for their wisdom as to what we're doing with the land because we've kind of messed it up and I could say a lot of swear words but I'm not going to do that right now we have lots to learn lots to improve on today Luca and I are in the studio I always want to say just us it's never about just us but we are here together and it is superbly us we are our own guests (laughs) (laughs) so today we were thinking about topics and we discovered as we did a quick search through our previous shows, we have never actually done a show that's talking about boundaries, even though it I think needs we, to be talked about. It needs today. to be looked at directly. So we're yeah. going to look at that directly today because we talk about it all the time, kind of mm-hmm. tangentially. A mm-hmm. lot of guests end up talking about it, but we've never just used it as the main focus of our conversation. So how is boundaries i mean whenever we talk about a subject it tends to be well whatever we've been learning about it lately so how have yeah, you been what yeah, have you been yeah, yeah. remembering or learning about this lately Luca? well what what's really coming up for me is about the energy it's i mean for me it's i'm the child of energy so it's all about energy um and what like what does energy mean in terms of boundaries um and in a way, I think if you imagine that it's like two energy fields coming up against one another and you can have soft contact and you can have hard contact <laughs> um, and and you can have overlap as long as one doesn't overtake the other, mm-hmm. especially without permission. Hmm. So I think sometimes we're willing and able to cede some of our territory um, uh, power, energy, vibration, uh, decision making to someone else, and sometimes not. And it's—I don't think it's good or bad to do either. But I—I I think the distinction for me is about whether or not we have permission. Mm. Are we? It, are both sides okay with it? So this is relating strongly or correlating strongly with consent. With consent, yeah. And and also not just consent because I think sometimes we need to be able to make things explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can only be explicit about what's going on with our boundaries if we're aware of them. So yeah. do I already know where I begin and end um, and, when sub- and where somebody else begins and ends? And sometimes it's just it's all amicable. Mm-hmm. Well, my mother used to call us playing amicably, my brother and I, when we were kids. Mm-hmm. But if it if it happens and it's 
there are there aren't any big jagged edges and it's not causing a problem we don't even notice it mm-hmm. we tend to notice it if it jars if right. it causes a problem if one person feels engulfed or invaded um, resentment or where, where there's resentment or or anger or fear or or where one person doesn't have a voice anymore mm-hmm. that's when we're starting to get into problems right so i'm i'm very aware of it when i go and do a reading because I am deliberately tuning in to what is other than me, but I'm also using myself to be able to de- determine what's other. Mm. So what's I have to know where I begin and end and what is mine, mm-hmm. what's my process, what's my knowing, all of that, before I can, I can determine what I'm picking up about the other person. So this is like energy 101, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're getting into energy, which not everybody is aware of. Um, and I'm not sure everybody needs to be aware of it as long as it's not a problem. When it starts to become a problem, that's when people end up talking to me. And I end up saying to them, hmm, well, you, this, this is what I see happening here. And, and, it, and it brings it up, right? It brings up awareness levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always believed that if we can increase our awareness, then we can see that we have more options and then we can take some action around what we what we choose, what we actively choose. And when we can do that, we feel more empowered. So so I like I'm not I'm not even thinking that boundaries are always an issue, but no. but um, they can be an issue, a hidden issue when we're not aware. Yeah. That's how it affects me most of the time. That's how it affects me. The term first came on my radar when I was probably mid-20s. And I don't even think it showed up while I was doing, like, uh, my initial courses in in psychology Mm -hmm. and counseling. That wasn't – isn't that interesting? It wasn't a term that came up in those classes. Yeah, when I took Psych 101, it wasn't wasn't in there. Enmeshment and engulfment were, but not – the boundary itself. Right. Uh, but it started entering into popular language and, and being a concept that was talked about. And I can remember my first exposure to it was because my parents-in-law gifted my children's father a book on boundaries. And so they were like, this is really important. You need to read this because, you know, really the it was so funny because that family was – there was a lot of problems with boundaries all well, over. Well, and maybe that's why so they was, were beginning to be aware yeah. of them because it wasn't working, I know, right? it was so yeah. funny. It was yeah. one of those things. It's sort of like the pot calling the kettle black. But anyways, yeah. it was still a useful, Counterintuitive. useful oh. book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I, one of the most useful exercises that we did, if we kind of go back to kind of basics, if we're trying, because, I mean, we may hear this word. We may use it all the time. But what are we talking about? What does it about? actually mean, right? And it, it it involves first of all there are no boundaries if you're not engaging with mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. or situations or with community if you're isolated then there this isn't about boundaries are not really being infringed or overrun because it takes two at least and you you know or multiple people right yeah cuz you're you're negotiating the interface yeah so that's right? the thing so that phrase yeah. right there hooks into um, one of the most useful exercises that we did when I was training specifically in counseling, so not just my psychology degree, but then actually you know, going oh, yeah, deeper into when I was studying counseling, counseling training. It came up then. Yeah. yeah, and one of the exercises that um, 
my professor had us do was we all had to stand up and start milling around the, an open space together. No words were allowed to be exchanged, but we were to make eye contact and we were welcome to make physical contact, but not required to make physical contact. And we were to basically feel our way in, into space with people we were as we were milling around and out of space. So start to notice, again, awareness, as you were just saying, where do I begin to feel like I want to stop, like I'm getting too close enough and yes. right here is okay, Yes. versus um, do I notice that someone else is beginning to pull back before I've reached what feels okay for me? This is like a really non-emotional way of starting to experiment with the fact that we have, every one of us has different lines. Mm -hmm. And what does it feel like to me when I go past the line I'm feeling, I can sense from the other person because of their body language and their, you know, the physical response, energy change, you could even say, because sometimes you can feel that, you know, something of that tension. And it's not <laughs> like necessarily body effects. language. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the brakes, right? <laughs> yeah. The energetic yeah. brakes. Energetic brakes. And how does it feel to me if I have awareness that I am encroaching in that space? What do I now experience within myself as, as a kind of increasing tension when I'm moving into someone's space? Does it make me feel powerful? That's a kind of an interesting thing that we should be aware of, right? Does it make me feel uncertain? How does it feel when it's reversed? When I have held my space, but somebody is now coming in more into my space, what does that bring up for me? Do I get, um, do I just start retreating or do I like get defiant and try to push back? All of these things are really kind of interesting concepts, right? And that's just from physical space. This is like yeah. personal, the whole it's idea like, where's of where's the envelope of me? Yeah, it's sort of like the right? personal bubble kind of concept, yeah. right? That's all this is referring to. Mm -hmm. But that's the first step to really talking about, okay, how does this show up in terms of how we communicate with other people? Mm -hmm. When we're not just talking about body language now, but in our words. And I'm reminded of the phrase um, that we teach others how to treat us. And through our engagement with other people in conversation, tone of voice, choice of words, timeliness of topics, all of these things can actually end up becoming boundary issues because it's about what am I comfortable with engaging with and what am I not? And, and on top of what am I comfortable with, what am I comfortable talking about? Mm -hmm. Because some people will have a boundary, but they don't feel that it's okay to say where it is to right. be explicit about where it is. So they don't feel like they're allowed to defend it mm -hmm. um, without, maybe without blowing things up, right? Yeah. So we don't always, we're not, not, we're not always taught the skills that we need when we're, when we're kids. Um, certainly m my generation wasn't, but the generation that came after me, we started educating kids about how to say no, mm -hmm. especially how to say no to anything that felt sexually inappropriate, right? My generation was just taught to stay away from it altogether, but, mm -hmm. but, that, but that's not negotiating anything, right? Well, in the most effective ways, and this is coming from me who's taught some of this coursework, right, mm -hmm. to, to elementary teachers or to directly to young kids themselves, some of the most effective tools there is about teaching boundary setting and consent and what that looks like for the non-sexual activities. Yeah. So things like when we want to give somebody a hug, even stopping yeah. to recognize that not everybody is a hugger. No, and to ask, can I give you a hug? And then or to would actually you like one? <laughs> pay attention because sometimes people say, mm, okay, and we, ex we take it as a yes, 
when really it's somebody who hasn't perhaps found their voice to say a strong no yet, mm-hmm. and we're still kind of invading the space because while you were speaking just a moment ago, uh, I, it, it occurred to me that there's also we we can kind of inherit uh, these these boundaries from our either our family culture. And from our culture, culture or religious culture, even right. Oh, yeah. All of these so lots of different. There's cultures. been plenty of times when I have not held a boundary uh, because I was specifically taught that it was not okay for me to hold that boundary because that would be uh, rebellious or non-polite or whatever. You know, there's a whole raft of things that we can be told it's when the we're young. Cultural or, norms, right? Yeah, in whatever culture you find yourself the cultural norms. And sometimes we have those voices in our head. So I'm not connected with a lot of those things that gave me those messaging around like, here's the the boundary book. Here's where it's appropriate or not appropriate. Most of it was like, I wasn't actually empowered to hold boundaries. Yes. And I've had to do my own learning and owning of that. But this is is also where we become adult and we start to make these decisions for ourselves is the, oh, there's a voice in my head that's saying this, but that doesn't actually match what I'm witnessing I personally feel comfortable with. But again, we it's it's again it's about engaging with other people. So I might have this rule book of what good boundary holding looks like that's from my religion or from my family, but I may not be engaging with anybody from those situations. I'm engaging with somebody I want to say from the world, which just sounds weird, but that's Well, <laughs> but that's what it looked like it, when you were a child, yeah, right? Yeah. There was us and them. Yeah, but yeah. even now, separated from that, it's not really about that. It's just yeah. it's not anybody who's got the same playbook, right? So they're from mm-hmm. they've got a different playbook. And how do we even know if somebody else has the same playbook if, unless we're explicit about it? Sometimes right? it's because we feel very comfortable with someone else because we're automatically falling into the dance that we know. Ooh, I'm having a light bulb moment right here. Isn't this why we repeat these patterns of poor boundaries of abusive even relationships in in our personal relationships but there may be hand-me-downs we know what the rules are yeah 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 it's familiar i mean we do know that people go into repeated versions of relationships because it feels familiar but isn't it it's an interesting thought to think maybe it's also because of the pattern of boundaries of what we've learned is acceptable and we are connecting with someone else who has a matching thing therefore we're engaging in the dance without even having to think about it we're not really having that sense of discomfort, but we may. It may be that cognitive dissonance, like myself as a person. I actually don't like this, but the voice in my head is okay about it because of all this playbook that I've been given from when I was younger. And and to discern what's the playbook and what's – that's the playbook. What's my playbook, Yeah. right? I never learned – and for and for, for any of you who are joining us right now, <laughs> we're we're deep in a fringy, uh, arbitrary conversation about boundaries today because boundaries is such a huge topic. So we're just wandering wherever we're we want to wander today, um, <laughs> as we as we talk about boundaries and because because it's a uh, it it is topical. Um, it's topical. You start building walls between the U- U.S. and Mexico. We're talking about boundaries, right? Um, and and appropriate and inappropriate behavior. I mean, this is so up all around the world right now. But I was just thinking about when I was when, in my culture when I was a kid. I never, it never occurred to me that anything about boundaries was a conversation that it could be negotiated that it could change over time that it could that that we could we could have a conversation about it and decide where we'd like it to be to me it was 
if that was the boundary, I either decided that it was okay or not okay. And often that coincided with I was okay or not okay. Right. And then that was it. Like there was, there was, there was no room for, for negotiation, Mm -hmm. for conversation, for learning, for, uh, for the, for something to grow from one kind of boundary into another. Right. I, I, it never occurred to me. I, like I wouldn't even known, have known I was missing that conversation because I didn't know it could happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I remember uh, when I was when I was learning counseling, when I figured out that you could talk about being angry without blowing up all over somebody. Ah. I didn't know that you could meta communicate about it. <laughs> that, right. That you could right. have a conversation about the conversation. This like sounds like an incredible abstraction, but but you but you can we we do it all the time now, right? Mm. But but I didn't know I didn't know that was that was like a major revelation for me when I was studying therapy was that you could talk about a feeling. Yeah, instead of some, simply being in the feeling and yeah. the feeling taking, taking you over taking or over, taking over somebody else, and yeah. that somehow we're going to find the solution by being in the feeling. That's mm. the feeling is there. To be like the yeah. pointing arrow, yeah. To say, look here. It's information in a <laughs> yeah. way, yeah. Right? Yeah. My my partner and I. Uh, that's that actually is a phrase we end up using a lot. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> We're all up in the in the feelings, and maybe there's a lot of anger. We may be like ready to just walk. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, we're like, what is okay? Can we go meta level? What is real? What is this really about? And I can't say that for him. No, I can only look at what that is for me. Yeah. What What is my anger really about? Is this, because uh, if it feels bigger, it feels baffling because my anger is bigger than what this situation seems to merit, then the answer to that question is going to be in the past or related to people other than him and this moment, yes. because sometimes we displace, right? Like yes. whatever was yeah. there that didn't get resolved, it didn't get an yeah, outlet. Yeah, we ascribe meaning. Yeah. Based on what our previous experience has yeah. been, with yeah. or without that person, yeah. it maybe we don't we don't know. So I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction for a second and see where we go. Go for it. Barper, darper, dar. So <laughs> <laughs> you, when we were first talking through about what boundaries, how you experience boundaries within yourself, I had a little flash to conversations we've had in the past around intuition and information that comes to us be from the place from wherever is beyond right mm-hmm. not just um what we're the little whisperings in the heart or the mm-hmm. brain or what have you and i'm recalling a time when we had a conversation or more than one specifically about when we receive information in our body in ways that don't work for us yeah, how do you say no? Not that way. Because in the way that That's is a boundary. also it is a yes. boundary. Yes, and I'm thinking that was yeah. this is an interesting concept to talk about because it's probably not one that's talked about much in public. But no. so we can we can delve into this a little bit more. But really, this is just this is like the oh, let's call it the metaphysical side it of yeah. something that it, that we do see in our relationships, in our mm-hmm. conversations, in our ability to say no or yes to choices, to consent in our day-to-day lives that's just the -the run-of-the-mill stuff. Mm -hmm. But let's take it to the metaphysical side. So uh, I'll speak for myself because this has been an ongoing, no, you really need to perceive this about yourself issue with with myself over the last um, decade, 
<laughs> How long have we known each other now, Luca? I guess it's like nine, ten, nine years. Mm, yeah, twenty. Eight, nine years, something like that. Um, eight, eight years. So pretty early on into meeting you was when I started to to realize, to discover that there are times, it's not all the time, but there are fre- <laughs> frequent times when I experience things in my body that don't actually originate with me. What that, that sounds weird, but what that looks like is um, I will feel knots in my stomach and then I will realize it's because I'm around somebody who's experiencing a lot of stress and tension. I'm not actually feeling that stress or tension, but I'm feeling the knots in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I realize that that's not actually mine, it's because I'm picking picking it up and I'm using the air quotes here because it's like I'm a radar. Right. This is me being an empath. I've got this constantly scanning radar because it's what serves me well in the world is to be able to be like a barometer to know what's going on in other people and situations around me. But I will carry that in my body until I realize it's not mine and then like speak to it almost directly. It's almost like it it got into the bubble. Yeah. (laughs) It got it found its way in. I wasn't holding. It didn't originate there. It got in. Yes, and and it's like you get these little these little things that go on the boundaries that go. It's like picking awooga, up, It's like picking up burrs when you go for a hike. Yes, <laughs> something's yes. poking me. Oh my god! And, yeah, and you, get, you have to do some cleaning to get yeah. it off of you. So the concept here is. I mean, if you've never, listeners, if you've never personally experienced this, you may have, but just in a different way. It's like walking into a room and you feel the tension in a room, like you know there's been an argument that's been going on. You can or people just, have been talking about you, yeah, and yeah. now they're not. Yeah, it's, the, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. It's just maybe amped or, or shows up in a slightly different way. So, Luca, for yourself... I'll let you speak to yourself rather than speaking for you. But the the, uh, the you sometimes receive information in your body about other people, and it's usually related to the work that you do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and when I know when I know I'm working, then that's easier for me to figure it out. It's when I don't know I'm working. Um, this came up for me when I was in a relationship, and and I, and I remember the day I was standing in the kitchen making dinner. And my partner came home, and I said, how was your day? And he said, it was fine. It was great. And he, and he walked off down into the office to check his emails. And I felt something, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and you're and, wriggling around in your seat yeah, like Yeah, and I was thinking – and that's what I call dissonance, right? Mm-hmm. There was – he said everything was fine. It didn't feel fine to me. But I didn't know what was – like I just knew that there was something that wasn't what it appeared to be. But, that, but I wasn't even that – conscious of it and then we sat down and we had dinner and there was sort of snarkiness in the air but not overt not owned uh but i had been perfectly happy till he walked in the door and he hadn't done anything that was annoying Mm -hmm. right so there was no reason for me no overt reason for me to be feeling this Mm -hmm. and then after dinner he was talking about something that had happened that day as though it was fine. And I remember thinking, I said to him, you said everything was fine today. And he said, it was. And I said, well, if that had happened to me, it wouldn't be fine with me. <laughs> he said, well, I don't know what you're talking about because it's fine <laughs> with me, right? And I, so there was like that, that brought the conversation to a halt. Mm. So... I was doing some journaling because that's how I work stuff out when I don't have anybody to talk to about it. So I talk to 
my I don't know if it's my inner self or my higher self or but it's I, I I kind of externalize it and then have a conversation with it. Right. So I was sitting there and I said, Well, what was going on there? Like really, what 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 was that? Because by the time we got to the end of that conversation, I was feeling irritated. But I didn't really have anything to be irritated about. Mm-hmm. So I said, as I wrote this, I said, what, what's this irritation? And the voice said to me, it's not yours. And I had no concept for that. I said, what do you mean it's not mine? If I feel it, it's mine. They said, no, 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 no. And what they explained to me was, I say they. I don't know who the they, the they is. I mean, I ascribe it to something, but somebody else might experience it in a different way. But right. it's it's how I hear myself think. Right. The they said to me, uh, emotions are a form of energy, and they must find expression. They move. It moves. So it's uh, it and and if a, the person who's with whom it originates that emotion, whether it's anger happiness, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, right? But we notice it when it's n- negative. Um, if they have an injunction against expressing that feeling, so we mm-hmm. may have an injunction against That's being in- angry. Internal or, playbook. Yes. The boundary playbook. You can't be angry, you can't be fearful, you can't be, like, whatever it is, right? If we have an injunction against it, in other words, we have a ruling that says, thou shalt not express this, yeah. it's not okay. Then what we do is we stuff it. We put we put it somewhere. We 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 externalize it, paste it on someone else. We we pretend it's not there. We whatever it is. With some people eat it, some people smoke it, right? But but we, or drink it. We do something with it, right? Now, if I'm in the room with somebody like that, because I'm an empath and I pick up, I, I'm scanning and scanning our environment is a natural thing for people who have been hurt or abused to do because it's a survival mechanism. So I'm trying to predict mm-hmm. where the unpredictable might come from. And and so I can defend myself against it, right? Mm-hmm. So I had abuse in my childhood, so I and I'm psychic. So I that was one of my primary ways of defending myself. So I scan all the time. Without even knowing I'm scanning. Mm-hmm. Now it can be. It's the you know it's it's what I do for a living. So so I'm I and I I'm practiced at it and I'm more aware than most people would be. So I'm so I'm good at it. But it 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 can backfire on me. And this was one of those times where it backfires on me. Right. So I don't have the injunction that says I'm not allowed to express <laughs> anger. I did when I was younger, but right. I went to therapy and I worked through that. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm allowed to express anger, but he was not. Mm. So he comes home and he's angry, and not only that, but he was humiliated and ashamed. Mm. So, so he brought that home with him, and it was fresh, and I picked it up. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had known what I was doing, I probably wouldn't have picked it up, but I didn't. So, so I I picked this up, and then I expressed part of it. I started to get irritated. But I couldn't figure out what to attach it to. Right. So this was point number two. They said, first of all, they said, energy must find expression. Mm-hmm. And energy travels along the lines of heart. That's like where the hardwiring is. So, so if I'm 
if if I'm with a coworker about whom I care, we've got a, a work good working relationship. If it's a if it's a partner, if it's a child, a parent, right, like familial lines, friends, we're we're it's more likely to travel mm-hmm. along that wiring. So that's the next piece. Mm-hmm. Not only must it find expression, but it travels along the lines of heart, mm-hmm. emotional lines, and then uh, the the next piece of it. Um, and I've gone, my, my brain's gone <laughs> completely blank on that. Um, oh, if you can't figure out where it came from. Yeah, I figured that's where you were going next. Right? If it's, you were fine, and now you're not fine, and there doesn't seem to be any point of origin there, then the, maybe it's not yours. And the things that you normally do to fix whatever that feeling yeah. you're feeling, such as yeah. feeling exhausted, if you yeah. normally will take a yeah. nap and then you feel better, yeah. but you do that and it yeah. doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work. It, yeah. It's because it's, you're trying to solve it, something that's not originating from you. Yes, it's not yours to solve, right? Now, this <laughs> is such valuable information for people who are therapists, for instance, mm. because when you're, when you're learning to be a therapist or a counselor, you don't get training in energy, but so much of what you're doing is, is energetic. Yeah. And energetic doesn't mean not emotional. Emotions are energy. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got all of that happening at the same time. So this is what the, the voices said to me, right? Um, if, you can't, if you can't find the point of origin or if, if the feeling is way bigger than anything that's going on in your life, so it could have been that he'd come home that day and I had been feeling mildly irritated, but now I'm really irritated. Mm-hmm. That, that my response is bigger than the stimulus would warrant. Mm-hmm. So I can look back in it and say, well, have I been triggered by something? And mm-hmm. if I haven't, if I can't find a trigger, and I'm a pretty self-aware person, if I can't find the trigger, then maybe not all of it is mine. Right. So then mm-hmm. I can at least put down some of it. So, you know, maybe I put down 50% of it. Then, then does the load lessened by 50% if I do that? that? Does it feel a bit better? Mm-hmm. This is such a powerful tool for anybody who's in relationship and anybody who works with relationships. So in any, uh, you know, office team in the world, this is so, so applicable across, mm-hmm. across the whole spectrum, right? I feel like it's time for us to play one of our songs. And I'm actually most drawn to the last one that I stumbled across right before we uh, came on air here. Uh, We're going to play the Nylons, Kiss Him Goodbye. And it's about, like, having more than one relationship and the one guy's persuading the the partner to let the other person go. But I'm thinking it, it let's let's listen to this. And from the viewpoint of recognizing the things that are occupying our our bodies, our space, our mind. Um, our emotions that don't actually belong to us, that aren't actually serving us well, and we can we can kiss it goodbye. And it doesn't mean yeah. that we're relegating who wherever it origin originates from to some kind of misery. Because the no. point is, we can never fix it for them. It's not no. ours. To and we're not fix. saying that because we're we're saying no, I don't want this anymore. That that person is garbage. No. or it's just saying not mine. Uh, yeah, not mine. I'm not going to carry yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's not efficient to carry something yeah. that isn't yours. You can't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a listen to this. The Nylons kiss him goodbye, and we'll be back in the studio chatting more about boundaries in just a few minutes.
I had to take a moment with the bird note today because mm. that made me feel spring in another way. Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We listened to the nylon singing, sing, uh, kiss him goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, something goodbye. What was he doing with the goodbye? Kiss him goodbye. So Luca and I are talking about boundaries today. And uh, we are ranging far and wide because boundaries is a very large topic and we're probably not going to hit the boundaries of talking about boundaries. Um, We were talking just before we went on break about um, more of like a personal internal boundary setting and holding an awareness of not just the stuff that happens in conversation, not just the things that people ask us to do. And because this is a topic of conversation we've had before, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, and it's not new to us. This is pretty, pretty common place in society. This is about um, self-care as well, being able and to say no to things that are requested of us. And, and this is pretty, <laughs> I want to say it's basic. It doesn't mean it's easy. Basic, uh, and it requires practice. It really right? does. Like and it gets, we get better at it the more we do it. Yeah. We, get, we have more finesse about it. We have more internal comfort with it the more we do it. I know something I had wanted to go into was, so we're talking a lot about how um, things that may be carried by other people, things that maybe they don't feel the permission to express, and somehow you know we become the easiest outlet for it. Um, another way of perceiving that in action is, anybody who's a parent, uh, we know that sometimes our kids express the emotions that we don't feel that we can in a situation. Like we're in a restaurant, we're not happy or we're super tired. And what happens? The kid pops, right? Like they express the thing that we are feeling in spades, but we're adulting through it, right? The kid doesn't have those. And they're hardwired to us, right? (laughs) They feel everything we're feeling and they just let it out. And it's very uncomfortable. But that happens between adult to adult as well, right? So the thing is that knowing that some things originate from outside of us, it's not about making whoever is experiencing these things wrong. No. It's not, and it's not even that they that's are not actually helpful or useful. No, and it's not even necessarily that what they're going through or how they're coping is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. All of this information is just to help us realize that we have other ways of coping and managing this ourselves. It's an empowerment for ourselves rather Mm -hmm. than a judgment on anyone else. Absolutely. And so I'm thinking about the concrete things like the saying no in situations. When we don't hold boundaries for things like when people request uh, a service or when people um, ask about coming into our, I don't know, this shows up in all different ways. Um, If we don't communicate clearly what really honestly is healthy for us and then of course people overrun that because we haven't communicated it well and we rent then realize and maybe we say to ourselves oh man i didn't hold my boundary right or oh man they're going past all these boundaries and a lot of times it's because it wasn't necessarily communicated and there it was no signpost about it yeah. that said here there's a boundary right here and again going yeah. back to the concept that my boundary line may be different than someone else's and it doesn't equal wrong it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean they're wrong. But it can very much be a mismatch. <laughs> and unless that's explicitly managed, then, you know, the best thing is if we're dealing with feeling resentment, if we're feeling overrun, if we're feeling overwhelmed, again, it's not about the other person is wrong. 
Um, and it's not even about making us wrong. It's about that awareness it's of, awareness. okay, I need to hold this better. Mm-hmm. I need to be, I need to draw that line a little earlier. Um, and I can. I can. So the next time we practice that, the next time we try that, and if somebody has overrun all our boundaries and maybe we're feeling like, oh, this person is completely, you know, they don't respect any of the boundaries. Well, in the end, it just comes down to, okay, that's not a good match. Let's not give them the opportunity to do that anymore, whatever that looks like. Yep. And again, they don't have to be made wrong. We don't have to be made wrong, but we're, we are allowed to claim that zone and that space for ourselves. And I think if we don't give ourselves permission to notice where the boundary is or where we'd like to put it, um, and if we don't share that information early enough, by the time we do share it, we're defensive and angry. And so the first the other person hears about it is when I have a screaming hissy fit because (laughs) it hasn't been honored, but they didn't even know where it was in the first place, right? And also, it has to do with consistency. Um, if I say, "I here's my line in the sand. This is this is where my boundary is," and the person steps over it to test it, and I don't enforce it, yeah, then what they learn is, well, that's a soft boundary, yeah, right. Yeah. And so next time they can do that again. Mm-hmm. And if it's if 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 it feels very comfortable for them within their yeah. boundary line, yeah. then it's like, well, maybe this isn't such a big deal that they thought. Yeah. And since yeah. I really need this yeah. and it feels okay with me, then I'm going to yeah. go there again. Or it's just this once, and yeah. then and then it comes <laughs> because, up again. But well, it's usually because I really need it. Yeah. So <laughs> and 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 we all do this, right? If we're not, if the message that we're getting from the other person is not really clear and confident about where that boundary is, and let's face it, in our culture, it often isn't clear, Mm -hmm. then we we go fishing for it. We test for it. And one of the ways we test for it is to push it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right, we push it a little bit, and we and kids do it all the time, right? And and you know, I I hear parents standing in the in the grocery store saying, "Don't push me," yeah. right? Because that's that's often how it how it comes out. So it's a it's a it's a negotiation. It's a mm-hmm. conversation yeah. about where. Where is this? And where where's is the it, line? Where's the line? Where is it reasonable to be? Uh, has it moved since the last time I saw you? Yeah. Right? Guess which song is next? Oh, yes. <laughs> so we've We're got, going country. <laughs> we've got Johnny Cash's I Walk the Line, and it just fits perfectly right now. So let's pop over to that song. We'll be back to talk more about boundaries in a few minutes. heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine I walk the line Because you're mine, 
I walk the line As sure as night is dark and day is light I keep you on my mind both day and night And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine I walk the line You've got a way to keep me on your side You give me cause for love that I can't hide For you I know I'd even try to turn the tide Because you're mine I walk the line Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We were just listening to Johnny Cash's I Walk the Line. One of the lines of that song really sprung out to me this time. I hadn't noticed it before, and it was... uh, Ah, now I'm going to forget what it was exactly. But he was talking about the happiness he feels. Shows him that it's right. And I thought, oh, see, that's... That's that's, a compass. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, when we we start... uh, I want to say experimenting. Because Mm -hmm. in the end, when we're... Sorry, at the beginning, when we're trying to figure out our boundaries versus the playbook that we were given versus the boundaries that other people are always kind of you know, going up to what's comfortable for them. And we don't know if we actually agree with that, whatever. It's an experimentation. And it becomes self-sustaining and self-affirming because when we hold it well, we find we have more energy. We find we have more um, contentedness or happiness or joy. And, and we may even reach farther because we've been respected. We've been, we've, but being respected also has to do about communicating the expectations and then holding to those um, expectations that we've communicated. And so this is a practice that creates more confidence in ourselves. It creates, it can create a glow and so that it creates more space for happiness. It does. And it's, it's not a destination. It, no. It's a process. And I think about how many times I've gone through growth, emotional growth spurts in my life where I am now aware that something that I had previously been okay with is now not so okay with me. Mm-hmm. Or it's not okay in certain situations. Or So I'm a, low, a learning, growing, developing, changeable human being, and so is everybody else in my life. So it stands to reason that even when we think we've found this place of where it works, where it's right, that may change by tomorrow. So... We're constantly assessing and adjusting. Yeah. In, in the very same way as when you tr- when you drive a car on the roads, mm. you're constantly moving your foot between the gas and the brake. Um, even even when there's a posted speed limit in the in the neighborhood, 
Mm-hmm. You can't always go at that speed because there, you know, it may be a kid and a dog and a bull coming across it's the a really road, right? Great metaphor. So we're adjusting all the time, adjusting, and we don't say, "Oh my God, I had to adjust." <laughs> well, we look at it. We, we do. Well, <laughs> we might. I mean, if we think somebody's doing something stupid, but but uh, but we do we do accept the fact that when you drive on the roads, there are times when the traffic is slower and more sluggish, and other times when it's clearer and. And you adjust according to what neighborhood you're in and what time of day it is. And and it, and it can be very frustrating when, again, because boundaries are only practiced in relationship with other people or with communities. Yeah. So there may be times when what I want, what feels okay for me, is not for the other person. And that may hinder me. I may feel hindered. And yet it is completely appropriate because when the situation's reversed, I damn well expect to be respected. Yes. And for those boundaries to yeah. be held to, or I'm yeah. going to stop. I mean, I might engaging. not always like where you choose to set a boundary yeah. or anybody else chooses to set a boundary. But, but if I'm in a respectful relationship with them, I will honor it or I'll negotiate it. Yeah. yeah. And that makes the difference. And usually we, there are multiple ways of getting a need met. Yes. And so expecting that somebody must accept our overrunning of a boundary so that I can have my needs met. But meanwhile, they're not getting their needs met because boundaries are a pretty essential need. Well, I think that that's true. And and some of those I would call hard limits and some of them are soft ones. Mm -hmm. So there are some boundaries I will not negotiate on. And there are others where I'm more open to negotiating depending on what the situation is and who it is and how much I trust them and what time of day it is. And, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And what... My engagement or where my boundaries would are, it can go through seasons. Yeah, uh, even I'm, seasons, yes. Yeah. yeah. There are times when I I don't have a whole lot on my plate, and so therefore I'm in a space where I'm ready to engage or meet other people where they're at, and, and it will feel much more easier and flow. And then other times when I'm kind of batting down tight like a ship in a storm because I'm... I'm, I'm in coping mode. Yeah, right? I'm making and sure that's that all I can handle. my resources are going to my own primary system functions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Boy, and, are we into the metaphors oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so grace with ourselves. And and that can al- also become part of the comfort around communication of this. Because we don't have to pretend like we're consistent all the time. <laughs> that That's not what this is. And we may get feedback from that from people. Well, this was okay last time. But that's the way consent works. Yes. Consent given once doesn't equal consent given forever. Mm-hmm. Every time you engage in something that requires a conversation around consent, you should be checking in all the time. I've got people who love to have hugs and sometimes they don't want them. If I'm not checking every time, I could just overrun that boundary and leave them feeling kind of, I mean, maybe it's okay. Maybe we have enough of a relationship that it's not going to really wound it. But do I really want to do that? Do I really want to put them in that situation and just be like, no, Rebecca, Rebecca demands the hugs. <laughs> not really. I'd like to Well, be- none of us, it doesn't feel good to take something from someone that they don't want to give us. Unless we're, we feel power from something like that. And frankly, if we're feeling something like that, that's a pretty red flag. That's sort of dysfunctional. Yeah. So we want to look yeah. at that. Not just sort of. That's find, dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional. Yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's not good for relationships. Yeah. And yeah. And also demanding that somebody else should meet whatever our boundary requirements look like. That becomes mm-hmm. codependence where we're expecting other people to adjust and be okay with something that we demand and to feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's kind of codependent. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the, I, I, I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say when I was looking up some songs um, before going on this, one of the songs that I saw, some of the lyrics were, you know, love has no boundaries. And I was like, ah, I'm not. I'm not okay sure about that. that. <laughs> Maybe we wish it didn't have any boundaries, but I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing. I thought love meant never having to say you're sorry. It's like, no. <laughs> no. Love means you're saying sorry all the time. <laughs> yeah. And meaning it. Knowing yes. what it looks like yeah. when you yeah. when you mean it. Yeah. So this was all highly personal today, right? Yeah. We're talking about the personal end of this, but I'm really aware also that we're that we're living in in societies and countries on the planet, and there are planetary boundaries and societal uh, country domestic boundaries, <laughs> and because I work in the world of of edges, mm. um, I call it edge territory. Um, where some of us in society are pushing the edges of what our society is comfortable with, mm-hmm. comfortable with recognizing, comfortable with growing into whatever it is. And so I guess that makes me hyper aware about boundaries because mm-hmm. it is my territory, if you like. And that makes me think we should mention that what our boundaries are is it sounds like we're talking about the same thing as comfort zone. But it's not the same. No. They're, they're different things. Comfort zone we may declare as our boundaries, but that may be we're actually drawing the line a little bit in too close because we are simply uncomfortable with discomfort, whereas real boundaries can actually have some room yeah. for discomfort because they're more yeah. about values. They're more about knowing how our bodies function, our minds function, and how we create optimal space When we're space learning for and growing, we're... We're pushing our boundaries, so we may be operating in territory that isn't completely comfortable to us. But there's mm-hmm. a difference between that and not honoring ourselves and making out that something that isn't comfortable is comfortable mm-hmm. uh, because we don't feel like we can say no. Right. And so that's yeah, a different, different kind of territory. Yeah. But that's that that whole piece is maybe the piece about how this goes on on a broader level, that might be a whole different show. Probably. We'll just have to do this again. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing we have a radio show in which we can talk these things through. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and if anybody wants to give us any feedback on this, we yeah. invite you to come in and um, tweet on on uh, Essential Conversations on Twitter, which is um, Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. So, you know, feel free to come and talk to us mm-hmm. there. And also we have a Facebook page. So And a website. And a website. Yeah. So yeah. come talk to us. You just got to spell essential the strange way, which is essence, essence. and then T-I-A-L, mm-hmm. all, in, all in one gobbledygook. Because we had to make it difficult for you. Gobbledygook word, but it's, yeah. it, it's what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something I did want to mention on air before we end today. Thanks, Luca, for ceding us a little bit of time for that. Um, I am madly at work on this campaign for um, a replication of this house, my house of dreams, which some listeners will have heard me talk about before, which was my grand exploration as a single mom trying to find viable housing in the city and because I have a history of jumping off cliffs, I jumped off another one and took a house that was ridiculously too expensive for me and way more room than I ever needed for my family just to turn it inside out and to make the house be a place that would um, not only nourish and nurture myself and my kids, but provide room for creativity and where the house could actually prov- could earn the money to afford itself, you could say, as though the house is its yeah. own kind of living, breathing thing that was contributing to itself. Mm-hmm. So it's been a wild success. The last I'm now in my fifth year in the house and being there well, that has created, fast. I know, right, has created so much stability for myself and my kids, not having to move every year 
or every two years. It is incredible when I look back to think about how devastating that can be, mm-hmm. especially when you're in poverty or trying to, to create stability. It just keeps you under, 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 like constantly just trying to survive rather than actually getting to a place of thriving. And I want to see, especially in this city, and not just Vancouver, but Burnaby and Richmond and Surrey, and so all of this area where all of the rents are just unattainable, really, and especially for marginalized to income. Yeah, marginalized folk, single parent families, anybody that 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 ends up with the dregs of what housing is available because they don't have the time or the money resources to be able to hunt and or the access and secure the places that are decent, even though they're very expensive. I want to turn that narrative around. So I'm creating a campaign that I'm hoping that um, anybody who believes that this needs to be changed in this city and would like to contribute towards something that can make a specific difference, it's going to be small and slow through this specific project. It's not the only thing that's happening in the city to make change, but it will work. It's sort of like the, the story of the man who's on the ocean with the it's the the shore is full of starfish that have been beached and and he's throwing them into the ocean and some other guy comes back and he's like there's no way you can possibly save all these starfish and he throws out another one and says made a difference for that one that's basically <laughs> what i'm looking at with this housing project we gonna... all do what we can with what we have yeah. and where we are yeah so right? keep your ears out um it's uh, i'm actually vacillating between bloom house or blossom i want to make sure that i don't name something that has already been kind of claimed and named in the city. I'm still doing some research on that. But um, I will be doing an Indiegogo. And I would love to have the support of anybody who is interested. And that can be $1. like, <laughs> Or just sharing the information forward. It's about... Um, uh, we do I what would, we can, right? Yeah, and I would love to harness... Um, Oh, and we are just about out of time. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. What would you like to share with everybody? No, that's fine. We, we're, <laughs> we're good to go now. So uh, The rest comes another day. Yes, exactly. And until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. Happy, 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 happ